Hey, I'm Chris Osborne. I do a podcast called Play Comics where I look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. But today I'm here really to talk about something just a bit more serious than that. Um, my dealing with anxiety and depression stuff. So it's really hard for me to pinpoint where this all started, which I'm sure is going to be the experience of a lot of people looking back. Uh, especially like elementary school and middle school for me. My dad was in the Air Force, so we moved around a lot. And moving around to somewhere and then having to make a whole new group of friends, knowing that you're making that whole new group of friends where you're only going to be there for a few years, it sucks. And you just kind of grab people that, Maybe you wouldn't want to be friends with them if you had if you knew that you were going to be there for a while. But you know, by the time you've been there for two years, you're only going to be there for another year. You don't want to waste another year not having friends. So you get with people who are kind of friends with you because you're around, not really friends with you because they want to be with you all the time. But what really I think got things going for me on this wonderful little brain weasel extravaganza is when I got to middle school in seventh grade, first off seventh grade for me was the first year of middle school, but where I was for that, everybody else, the first year of middle school was sixth grade. So they already had, you know, how middle school works down and I was trying to learn it in an environment where everybody expected you to know it already. And I was put into a little cluster of classes with people who just decided they weren't going to like me and pretty much light, lightly bullied me, I guess is the best way, because there wasn't ever really like physical danger of anything, but there was definitely the making fun of me, putting stickers on my jacket, trying to make it look like I was saying I was gay. Just things like that. And I mean, this was back like 2000, right in there. So prime time for that to be just the epitome of teenage insults. And so when I started high school, I spent probably like the first two or three months just not wanting to go so bad that I would end up throwing up in the morning. Definitely an anxiety-induced thing there and not anything else. But, you know, when you get to that point, it's not something that you really should, like, take too lightheartedly. So, you know, there were some wonderful instances that whole year, a um, couple of which happened in a history class that really stick out to me. We went on a field trip to a historic place, and for whatever reason, they let us kind of wander off as high school freshmen and, like, get lunch on our own. And I heard people behind me, like, oh, where do you think Chris is going? Let's make sure we don't go there because we don't want to have to deal with him. And another time where the, the teacher was picking groups for a group project and 
it, I got really lucky and it was me, um, one of, and two of my best friends that were in the class. And then some other girl that, you know, we didn't really have anything to do with at all. But she complained so much about having to be in a group with us and in particular me that teacher went and asked us, you know, would we mind having just the three of us do the project? And of course we were fine with it because it's much better to have a group with people who actually want to work together than somebody who's going to be a giant pain in the ass. But then the other thing from high school really there was when we moved away after my freshman year, just because it was the normal military thing to do, for whatever reason, the school did not get it through their head that I was moving and was never coming back. And yes, we were serious. This was a real thing. I was really leaving. So they had me on the class rosters for the next year. And when people heard that I was supposed to be in the class, there was whining and complaining and, oh, I don't want to have Chris in my class again. And then when they realized that, yeah, I really wasn't coming back, they were really overtly happy about that. I mean, granted, this is something that my friends who were still there were telling me about. It wasn't anything I heard firsthand, but it still sucks. And luckily, the last three years of high school for me were good, and I didn't have to worry about any of that. College ended up being good. Met my wife there. We got married right after we graduated college, and uh, we became substitute teachers, which is not the most glamorous thing in the world, but, you know, it's money, and you do what you got to do. But she got a kind of job offer down where we're living now. And so with the way the timing was on our lease and everything at the apartment, it was cheaper for us to keep the apartment where we graduated college. She would just live with her parents until I was able to come down. And I mean, it was only a couple months. So we had an extra couple of months to pack and get ready to move and stuff rather than having to hurry up and do it. So I'm staying up there with the two cats that we had at the time. Man, there we go. So I'm staying up there with the two cats that we had at the time. And it's just me and the cats. And eventually got to the point of, you know, I obviously miss my wife. I married her for a reason. But most of our friends from college had moved away or they had jobs where just didn't line up with me being able to see them hardly at all. So I pretty much didn't leave the apartment. Like I would go to the grocery store or something. I would go to whatever school I happened to be working at that day. And other than that, I would just stay in. And I honestly think that about the only reason I didn't try anything drastic then was because I had the cats to take care of. And I mean, I love the mess out of them, so had to stay around to make sure that they were well taken care of.
So eventually I moved down with my wife. We have our thing there. I start working in restaurants and kind of got that same cycle going again because I got stuck working at night because the restaurant I started working at was only open at night. So during the day, I'm sleeping in. Well, what most people would consider sleeping in, because I was getting home at three or four in the morning, just because of when I got off of work. So I sleep in till at least noon, which granted is not enough sleep when you think about it. Go to work at three. And I mean, there's your day right there. It's not really any different from most people. They just happen to have their sleep at night where I had a lot of mine during the day. And thankfully, my wife understood that I wasn't just being a lazy person sleeping all day. I was just having my sleep schedule really shifted around. But it got to the point where she could tell something was really wrong with me. And I guess it had just been slowly building up in me for so long that I couldn't tell. So she basically forced me to go to the doctor. And I kept not wanting to believe her and I kept not wanting to go. And, you know, I have this built in excuse of I can't go because when am I going to go during the day when I'm sleeping and I'll go on like an hour of sleep? Eventually, um, so I live in Charleston. There are a lot of bridges around here. Eventually, I got to the point where the sides of the bridges were just looking very inviting. And like it was never to the point of I want to go run myself onto the side of the bridge or anything, but it was definitely to the point of I wonder how fast I'd have to be going to get over the side of the bridge, which was not something that I liked thinking about while I'm driving home at two and three in the morning with basically nobody else on the road, with everybody that I know being asleep because they all have a sane daytime person schedule. So I finally listened to my wife and went to the doctor and got on whatever meds it was that I got on because that was years ago and I don't remember. But we go and her job switched up. So her insurance went away. So had to get me off the good meds that were working, which sucked. Thankfully, I had a good doctor that got me on something cheap that he could make a really long prescription for. And I don't remember which one it was, but it was an SSRI. And when I was getting toward the end of that bottle, me being the genius that I am, was thinking, okay, I'm not going to have insurance to be able to go back and get more meds probably need to get off of these. So I decided to do the wonderfully genius thing, which is really dumb. Uh, please recognize my sarcasm there of going for myself and cutting the SSRI dosage in half so that I can try to wean myself off uh, to make a long story short there. Don't do that. It's really dumb. It's like really dumb. And I went years once I got off of that. Thankfully, nothing really happened there. But, you know, I go and 
everything seems relatively fine until all the anxiety and depression stuff starts sneaking back in. And this time I had the opposite excuse for not going to the doctor because by the time I, I realized I needed to go, I I was working during the day. I was out of the restaurant industry altogether. But I was working during the day at a job that was definitely only open during the day. So, all right, I'm going to have to find a different doctor that I can get to during the day and take time off of work and deal with people wondering why I'm leaving work because people are nosy and they always want to know that kind of thing. And I think I went, it must have been like four, six months, somewhere in that range between when I decided I needed to go to the doctor and when I actually got myself to do it. Like it got to the point where one of my friends in another state decided that she was going to look doctors up for me and give me a list of people to call. Because I couldn't even get myself to do that, even though I knew I really needed to go. But I went, and this doctor was really good about, hey, we'll see what drugs you were on the first time before. Those seem to work really well for you. We'll start you there. And that seems to still be the correct dosage. So, yay, things are good. But now I look around, and there's all kinds of, oh, men shouldn't have to worry about mental health things and see the other day skip bayless is going off about dak prescott and he's the quarterback of the cowboys and he shouldn't have to worry about or his team shouldn't have to worry about him and mental health issues and he needs to be leading the team and everything it's like no that's not how the world works it's never how the world has worked it's just how people have decided that they don't want to get help for things or they don't want other people to get help for things. So what I really hope that people can get out of listening to this is that, number one, there are people who care, who will go out and make sure that you are getting the kind of help that you need. Um, the kind of help that you need sometimes is going to take a couple of tries to get it right. I got really lucky. No kind with being able to go back and see what drugs I was on the first time. And that basically at the limit of how long the doctors are supposed to keep that kind of information is when I went back. So if I had waited probably even another couple weeks, they wouldn't have been able to have anything to work off of. They would have just been throwing random drugs at me and starting from nothing. <laughs> But there are definitely people who care and want to make sure that you're okay. Um, they're not always going to be the people right there physically with you. But thankfully, especially now with everything going on, um, communicating with people that are off in other places has become something really easy to do. So, you know, take advantage of it. And make sure that you get the help that you need. Make sure that you can be the help that somebody else needs and just know that 
you're going to have to play around with things sometimes to figure out what works. It doesn't really matter what kind of reason you have for to keep you here. You know, I've had a few people, not meanly, but kind of laugh when I mentioned that I'm still here because of the cats. And, you know, if you think about it, it is kind of funny. But it's why I'm here. So, you know, I love the mess out of them, and I wish they were both still here, but they've just got to the point where they're cats. They got old. But, I mean... <laughs> But the main message I just want to give everybody is that no matter how you feel in this moment, you matter. Well, thank you, Chris, for being on Silent Journeys and being willing to be so vulnerable with us. Uh, I appreciate you sharing your journey and talking about your experiences with mental health. And I definitely enjoy every opportunity I have to, you know, let people hear what I went through and everything. Um, I mean, it's certainly not something I enjoy remembering, but I feel like even if there's one person who hears it, and it's what pushes them to get the help that they need, then that's a good reason for me to go think about it again. Well, thank you. Um, if our listeners wanted to find your podcast, where could they find it? The easiest way is to head on over to playcomics.com. And you know all the episodes are there. The links to all the social media stuff is there. So one shop stopping there. One, one stop shopping there. <laughs>